listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, I'm doing another one in my series. Ooh. This is Eat, Eat Weird, Weird Oregon. Oregon. I did know what the topic of this one was. You're right. <laughs> you remember when I, that happened. I remember when that happened. Man, I just remember things the moment after you tell me them. I have yep. a lot of good ones in here. And once again, I will be so happy if people want to tell me after the fact about yes. stuff that I didn't think to include. If you can give it to me in a format that I can use. Don't just be like, you forgot sandwiches. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. On the next one, I'll say sandwiches. Like, be like, oh, did you know that Oregon invented the club sandwich or whatever? And I'll be yeah. like, cool, I'll say that. Yeah. Give me something I can work with, people. Come on. Okay. Do our jobs for okay. us. <laughs> all right i'm gonna go through a couple of the interesting things okay oh, also i know not all of this just ends at the border of oregon and all the other states that it touches but some of i'm trying to highlight i'm trying to make sure it's all spread around yeah Do so you, for I'm, example oh, oh go, go ahead i was gonna say i'm trying to think of something that's specific to oregon and i can only think of like you know voodoo donuts or but i can't think of like a cuisine yeah, I don't think Oregon has a cuisine specific to Oregon as much. I think a lot of what makes it Oregon cuisine is going to kind of been covered when we talked about Northwestern cuisine in general. Yeah. But there are a couple of things that Oregon has that are unusual about it for food. Oh. It is. It just has a reputation as a really good food place, especially Portland, right? Wonderful, yes. Yeah, and so among the things, Oregon invented the Garden Burger. A really good place to be if you're vegetarian or vegan, or just want to eat more plant-based stuff. What? Oh, and so what is what is a garden burger? Is it a patty made out of vegetables, or is it a pattyless burger thing? It's the patty made out of vegetables. Gotcha. It's like a, a branded thing. I think the Kellogg company. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like how there's a Boca burger or this or that. Gotcha. But Oregon has also brought us some other incredible brands that have gone national. Especially in the organic hippie range. Yeah. So I this is one where like if you just told me that they owned that Pacific Foods came out of Oregon, I wouldn't be like, aha, but once you see it, you'll be like, Oh right, Pacific Foods. They have like chicken broth and soup and okay. milk and this, that, and the other. Okay. Uh Tezo tea. I think everybody drinks oh, Tezo tea at this point. There's That's from the- Portland. Okay. Dagoba chocolate, that's out of Ashland. Yeah. Kettle chips. Kettle brand Holy chips. Holy fucking shit, they are the best. Tim's close. The weird Utz stuff that they have out here, close. But I love kettle brand chips. I'm impressed that you, you came down that hard on it, because, we yeah, we were talking about Tim's in the last episode, and Tim's are really good. They are. The kettle brand has definitely gone national. Those are out of Salem. They have some weird ones, too. They have, like, pickle flavor and stuff. <gasps> I got Sriracha. sick. I got sick in high school when some girl gave me a dill pickle chip. There must have been something else on it, but I can't, I can't, I love pickles, man, but I can't try oh, a, dill, a dill pickle potato chip without flashing back to when she gave it to me, and that was the weirdest stomach pain I've had. That's so strange. I wonder if it had gone bad or maybe there was like some weird specific spice they used that you're sensitive to. Yeah, any of the any of the above. I think Nicole was kind of a druggie too, so who knows what was on that chip. Dill pickle chip, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Uh, yeah. Some of this I'm like, I don't know if Devin knows because I don't think you've been vegetarian, right? No. 
or have you? Yeah. Uh, well, not on purpose. I just don't mm-hmm. eat much other than bread. Okay, you're a breaditarian. I'm a breaditarian. Yeah, but no, yeah. I've never never made the commitment to not eat animal products. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've, over the years, I think I might go vegetarian again. I'm yeah. already transitioning us toward having, when we plan meals, trying to plan fewer that have meat in them. Okay. And then there was a while where I was just flat out vegetarian. There was a while when I was lactose intolerant. So a lot yeah. of these, like, alternative brands are very familiar to me. Right. So they have, for instance, So Delicious, which, remember when I would get my coconut milk ice cream? Oh, yeah. 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 That's so delicious. Yeah. Like coconut milk. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That was back when you had a little frozen cup of sad, and I had a frozen (laughs) cup of fucking awesome milk product. (sighs) Shots fired. And just get Halo and and eat the ghost of ice cream. Yeah, that shit's not any good. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. Not. You're knocking Uh, shit. I don't. I, I've never bought this stuff, but Harry and David does gift baskets. Oh my god, yeah. The, yeah, and this is, they're out of Medford, and this is something my mom no uses way. all the time for, like, my, when my dad's parents were around, yeah. she sends her mom's stuff. It's, like, the perfect, because it's a consumable, you know, I'm very yeah. pro-consumable gifts, because yes. then you're like, all right, I ate some pears and some cashews and whatnot, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you love it. It doesn't take up space in your mm-hmm. house. I'm very into that. Uh, Stumptown Coffee, of course, named yes. after how Portland was called Stumptown because they cut down so many goddamn trees to make that place. They did. And Dave's Killer Bread. Yeah. Which I like that stuff. I'm always happy to see it. He's It's just freaking good bread. <laughs> see, and I don't – it's got too many ingredients in it. Oh, okay. For me. It's got too many things touching each other. Because I don't Mm -hmm. think he has just, like, a white bread. Does he? He does, but I think you would have to be out here to to have a selection that extensive. All right. Normally, when you see his stuff, there'll be, like, one or two varieties. And then, yeah, I I cannot see you getting down on, like, power seed. Yeah, not. Or honey oats and flax. That's not going to happen. Better than white bread. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, That's how Matt likes it, too. He likes, like, the very, very cheap store brand wheat bread. That kind of just it doesn't register. Childhood, guys. It's just it's a medium for my mayonnaise and pickle sandwich <laughs> to exist upon. So you are a vegetarian. I told you. Mayonnaise and pickle sandwich. Oh, I love it. So good. Have you ever been to the Tillamook factory? Oh my gosh, yes. When we were kids, till I always knew my mom loved us because she buy us Tillamook cheese at the grocery store. But we yes. we did go to the Tillamook factory as kids. I don't remember it, but it's the biggest cheese factory in the world. No way. Yeah, and you can see cheese being made, and you can take a tour. And they have a gift shop. I'm and going samples back. Of ice cream. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to go now. I've never been. I love Tillamook. I have so many Tillamook products in my fridge. I because I've been thinking about this episode for a long time. So every mm-hmm. time I look in the fridge, I'm like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven varieties of Tillamook products in here. Cool. Oh, I'm proud of you. What is that like? Cream <laughs> cheese and cottage cheese, or do you just have that many cheeses for your cheese child? Munster, sharp cheddar, medium cheddar, mild cheddar, Colby Jack, Pepper Jack, yogurt. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. I'm so yeah, just keep reading that to me, Liz. Please, this is like some women's fifty shades of gray. Just read me types of cheese that I could Swiss eat. Cheese. Oh. There are some foods that are special to Oregon. Okay. Marion berries are one. 
The f- they are. What the fuck is a Marionberry? I know I've seen them. What is- <laughs> it's a hybrid type of blackberry that was engineered at Oregon State University in 1945, named after Marion County, where they were first introduced. They are only grown in Oregon. Wow. So when you see like a big gold jar of Marionberry jam at the Costco, that is a single source thing. Damn, it is. Wow. Yeah, they grow in the Willamette Valley. They are good. They're called the Cabernet of berries. They're sweet. They don't get that bitterness that some blackberries get. Yeah. And around the late summer when they're in season, all over Oregon, you'll get like Marionberry jam, syrup, ice cream. It's kind of like huckleberries for us in Washington. Right. They just start incorporating them everywhere. Right. I like huckleberries better, but... It's okay, I live in Washington. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Come down on one side of this issue. As someone who's lived mm-hmm. in both Oregon and Washington, I'm glad that you picked a lane. Picked a side. I don't like very seedy berries, you know. Oh, and they're seedy? Like they try to sell I- you a Rolex? <laughs> uh, well folks that's gonna do it for there us. you go <laughs> liz is tired of me <laughs> you know also oregon produces 95 to 99 percent of the hazelnuts that are sold in the united states for real yeah it is the official state nut what i don't know why i always thought like a hazelnut would be like a southern thing i don't know why i think that i guess they're more pecans and gross walnuts and shit yeah, they're they're definitely a pecan cuisine down there. Okay, hazelnuts, hazelnuts are an Oregonian thing, and I don't know why specifically. Yeah. I didn't do my research that thoroughly, <laughs> but I've noticed uh, as somebody who's really kind of followed the candy scene. Mm-hmm. But I, you remember in Candy Free, yes. he talks about how Europeans love hazelnuts and chocolate, right? Like, well, yeah. that's where Nutella, Nutella, from yeah. Those. All the um, various Kinder stuff, mm-hmm. like Kinder Surprise and the hippos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those all have hazelnuts, but Americans have not, until recently, been into having hazelnuts with their chocolate. Yeah. But, I don't know, I've heard people have mixed reviews of Burgerville. I always liked the one in the Dalles that we would stop off at, and they often, like, during hazelnut season, oh man, it's like, do you want hazelnuts on your salad? Do you want hazelnuts <laughs> in your milkshake? Do you want hazelnuts here, there, and everywhere? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know, it. I wasn't a fan of Nutella in high school. That was kind of like the pocky of the next generation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you had a friend that lived in Australia, you got them to send you hazelnut and then world market became a thing. And then you yeah. could get your Nutella there. Right. Um, I didn't give a shit about Nutella in high school, but now there is a coffee shop down the street that does a Nutella swirl on a top of a cookie that they make. And I'm all about Whoa. that life. I love a Nutella crepe. I watched a, um, a, I don't remember what company it was. Oh, well. But I watched a sort of documentary thing where she goes and eats a bunch of food in Oregon. And one of the things that she does is uh, she gets to have a crepe and they make it with like strawberries and Nutella and all kinds of good stuff. What we have going on right now that's becoming a trend in Spokane, and I don't know if it's just... They've opened up a couple locations, and this is happening everywhere in the world, or just here is ice cream rolls. Do you have that out in Boston? Um, I saw something about it, but I don't know what the fuck it is, and it just feels like you're slowing me down. You're putting something between me and my ice cream. What is it? (laughs) So it originated in Thailand, and what it is is they basically have this really cold plate, kind of like Cold Stone Creamery. Yes. And they put on... 
I mean, I'm trying to zoom in on this damn man. No, but that's, you're right. That's where they roll it up. They, like, make chocolate Mm -hmm. rolls, and it's hyper, it's, it's dippin' dots, but pirouette, pirouleaned. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they make it into, like, a really thin sheet, and then roll it up like a crepe, and then at the one, I'm gonna take Liddy to this one today, because I, for research, obviously. Of course, good for you. But it's so funny, because it still has this huge, like, you can tell it started in Thailand because yeah. they've got like nine options and one is mango. Yeah. <laughs> Terra yeah. root. Oh my God. That always made me so frustrated when I was lactose intolerant. I'm like, just cause I don't digest dairy doesn't mean I want taro flavored frozen yogurt. Can I please just have birthday cake or chocolate? Nope. Nope. Yeah. You must be marked as an other. But that's what made me think of it, is they do the rolls, and then they put the rolls in a cup, and then on top they put the toppings, including Pocky. They have different Pocky the for fuck? every Sunday that they make here. The fuck? How so do you eat it? The strawberry one? Uh, with a spoon, I guess. I'll, I don't know. I'll look into it and tell you You'll what. find out today. I'm just, like, these, these flaky... It just pisses me off. That's just... You're elevating ice cream in a way it doesn't want to be elevated. I'm glad that you're going to go eat it, but it just sounds like it's making it harder for me to put it in my face. It just... I will let you know. All right. I will let you know. Mm, okay. This is really good, actually. I'm looking at this. They've got leeches. They've got huckleberry syrup. This place is doing a good job combining the worlds they're in. Vanilla green tea ice cream base. What? Vanilla and green tea? I don't know. Honeydrew? What the <laughs> hell is a honeydrew? No. No, guys. They made it. They made this menu real fast. They did. They just took the pictures and called it a day, I think. Oh, okay. man. Anyway, I'll, I'll get back on topic with Oregon. Let's see. So the thing that you always do if you're bringing tourists to Portland is, as you mentioned, voodoo donuts. Yeah. Which I think is having the backlash right now. I think people are a little sick of its shit. Yeah. Because it was 10 or 15 years ago, much more exciting. Like, donuts weren't a thing. The whole cupcake thing was barely a big deal. And so it was really exciting. And they also were really out at the edges doing weird shit. Yeah. So Voodoo Donut got in trouble. So, like, their, their stuff they like to do is the kind of stuff that I feel like every chef is doing now. And you're like, mm, all right, millennials. Uh, they've yeah. got, like, a Captain Crunch Donut with, like, vanilla icing and crunch berries yeah. on it. Got the old Dirty Bastard. They've got yeah. a bacon maple bar. Like, they were doing the bacon thing mm-hmm. before everybody else was doing the fucking bacon thing. They really were. <sighs> so... Yes, but they also at one point were doing a NyQuil glazed donut. Ew. And they had designed a vanilla Pepto crushed Tums donut. Stop it. So the guy who owned it, here's his logic. He said with the Pepto donut, I honestly thought if you had that shot of tequila, you shouldn't have at 2 a.m. And then you got sugar, bread, Pepto, and Tums, you'd either feel better or puke your ass off. And then you'd feel better because you got it out of your system. Win, win, either way. You can't tell so, people you're feeding them an emetic and then be like, no, you no. wanted this. You did. But I like that. I like that logic. There's, yeah. uh, let's see. There's the Tex Ass Challenge, where there's a huge glazed donut the size of six of the regular donuts, and if you can eat it in under 90 seconds, you win, I guess. Win what? Diabetes? You win not having to pay for it and bragging rights. I guess. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I mean, we've been there. We we got the, the pink box and the donuts. We and did. Can't go wrong with donuts, you know. We did. I, you know, they were very innovative. They had that little fry cake donut that's in the shape of a voodoo doll, and they glaze it, and they give mm-hmm. you a pretzel rod so that you can stab it, and then the the red jelly center comes out, which yeah was innovative. I will say, I have never been I loved going with you for the experience that was a blast and then I've gone with Jason and then you and I went again uh when we went with Aaron Mm -hmm. I will say I never thought that their donuts were worth waiting in line 45 minutes for but I had fun because I was with you guys but I would never do it on my own and if someone brought me a voodoo donut and a Krispy Kreme I'm gonna eat the Krispy Kreme first Oh yeah, I'm gonna rep North Carolina right now and say it's it's Krispy Kreme's game to lose any yeah. day, any day. Yeah, but I don't know. It it was fun that they were doing something kind of funky and non traditional for sure. But then that became everything, and you got cereal restaurants in Manhattan and whatever. Oh my gosh, yes. So at this point, you're like, don't startle me. Just do your job. <laughs> just make a really good donut, guys. Yeah, it has. Oregon has the highest density of breweries per person in the country. For every 100,000 people, it has five breweries. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah, which you'll probably see around. It has Deschutes, Mm -hmm. uh, Rogue, Ninkasi, Full Sail. Um, Within its city limits, Portland has 60 breweries. Oh, my gosh. Guys, and Deschutes makes a damn good burger, too. You took me mm. to the brewery once when we were there again yeah. with Aaron. That was good food. That was really good food. The pretzels were really good. Everything was so good. Yeah. Yeah, and we were hungry also. Yeah, we were. <laughs> We've been looking around. Uh, let's see. Their official state fruit is the pear. Yeah. Official state mushroom, the Pacific Golden Chanterelle. Okay. However, Oregon is home to the biggest mushroom in the world. Uh, let's see. Uh, is it a shell fungus? A type of shell fungus? Is it a lobster mushroom? Is it a portabella or a porcine? Those are the, all the mushrooms I know. Do you know any mushrooms that are 2,200 acres big? Matsuki. <laughs> <laughs> this is That's considered... A- well, I can't read it. Armillaria ostoye. So, I don't know. Does that mean oyster? It's known as the humongous fungus, of course. Holy shit. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I did remember reading about this now in Mycophilia, but holy crap. Yup, it is the world's biggest organism by area. Just like the biggest living thing that we have. And is, you know, from before the birth of Christ. Yeah. And the only way they know how big it is is that it eats trees. Oh, my God. So they can just see where the trees are getting eaten. Oh, my God. It's also bioluminescent, (gasps) which is great. Oh, I would love to see something that's bioluminescent. Yeah, I feel like somebody needs to write at least a short story, if not a whole fantasy series about this thing. Yes, my God. I feel like it must have a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. somehow. This is clearly sentient. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of by, um, it's in Mallory National Forest near like John Day, Mount Vernon, okay. Prairie City. 
So, yeah, it's, I don't know that it's a ton to look at because all you'd really see is where it sprouts above. Because, like, we know right. that with mushrooms that what comes up above is not, like, the whole thing. No, that's but, just the little fruiting reproductive body. Mm-hmm. I guess it's also called the honey mushroom. Boring. Which I don't know why. I don't know why. It makes it sound really, well, sweet. Yeah. And instead, it's like a tree-destroying immortal which i approve of <laughs> a tree destroying immortal who glows at fucking night yes <laughs> that's the awesome that part, part. Is very good too. Mm-hmm. oh my god it could be much older than that it could be as many as eight thousand years old obviously they don't have a ton of uh, information I guess about how not. to calculate such things no they should have asked it what it remembered when it was born jesus or dinosaurs yeah that that's when dinosaurs were yep eight thousand years ago that sounds about right (laughs) whatever dude i don't have a kid i don't know shit about dinosaurs anymore you only learn about them again once you have a child i mean i have a kid but a cycle jonah was never into it now i know about cars i know about shitty mazdas from the 90s oh no Uh, mushroom hunting is a big thing in oregon was your mycophilia book set in oregon or by an oregonian I still have it on my nightstand, and it's so fascinating, but it's a slog to get through because she gets down into the nitty-gritty stuff about funguses that I don't care about. I just really want to read about people who mushroom hunt. Like, I don't yes, I don't want to get into the, the biology as deep as she's getting. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to hear weird stories about people you meet in the woods that are defending their mushroom patches. Yes, that sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we should check out this documentary that this resource talks about. It's called The Last Season. Okay. It follows two professional mushroom hunters as they track down rare delicacies. I think that's Perfect. interesting. I'm on it. Yeah. And there's, of course, we could just go and ask people at the Estacada Festival of the Fungus. Yeah. Every year they hold it, and it has a mushroom hunt, mushroom tastings, mushroom art, and mushroom identification classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mushroom identification tastings would be a pretty Hunger Games way to handle that. You really would win. Ah, uh, you either win big or you lose big. Yep. Yep. Let's see. What are some other? This is one of those ones where you just end up jumping around a lot because oh of yeah, aren't really connected to anything. So in Ashland, Oregon, more famous, I think, for their theater festival. Mm-hmm. In 1911, they discovered they were next to the most lithium-loaded spring water outside of Saratoga Springs. And they were like, oh, heck yes. In the 1880s, people had gone, aha, lithia water. That's really beneficial. I, they, they do now in the 50s, like, lithium salts are useful. I don't know if you can drink enough water to get anything out of that. Okay. But they were like, fuck yeah, we're going to build a health spa. Oh, God. I mean, but unfortunately, health fads go fast, so... Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Build that shack quick, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just known for tasting terrible, but they had already <laughs> put the effort in, so they just made a drinking fountain and put it in oh the middle of town. God. And so now if you want, these are unfortunately... Uh, 1911 drinking fountains look a lot <gasps> like 2018 urinals. Urinals! Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I'd try I it. Know. Yeah, I'll try most things once. Yeah, you will. <laughs> but that's what they've still got in Ashland, Oregon, is the Lithia Water Fountain. Wow. Yeah. Portland, Oregon has the uh, 
biggest chocolate waterfall in the world. Oh my god. You're not supposed to eat from. Aren't, I'm gonna bathe in it, and then I will lick <laughs> myself clean like a cat. You cannot stop me. Don't ever take me there, Liz. I think it would be the call of the void, but with chocolate. There would just be a, a force I couldn't reckon with that pulled me straight into it. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, no, because it's been circulating in the open air for four years. Mm. <laughs> That's like worse than Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what people would have done to that chocolate. You just told me you'd try anything once. Mm, I said almost anything. Qualifier. So in the candy basket shop in Portland, they built this chocolate waterfall in 1991. It circulates 2,700 pounds of chocolate. And apparently smells amazing. Okay. And spatters chocolate, like, everywhere. Yeah, I <laughs> But bet. there's a little brass plaque that they put out that says, please do not eat our chocolate cascade. We have samples available. So what does it do? It just sits there and looks pretty? Makes some yeah, smells? Yeah, attracts people to the candy basket. Wow, that is a waste. Yeah. That is a yeah. waste. I'm going to be like Augustus Gloop. I'm just going to go swim around it. Fuck all y'all. You ain't churning shit into frothy goodness. And I'm going to put it in my mouth. Don't show me that and not let me swim around in it. What a way to go. Yeah. I bet. Oh, yeah, this is the other thing. I'm closing tabs now, and I'm closing yummy ice cream rolls. Nine specialty ones. One is mango, and one is green tea. Yeah, you know that that's an Asian invention. Now I'm sitting here trying to figure out why number eight is called Evil Berry. <laughs> what? What's evil? <laughs> Feed it to your kid. I want to see what happens. Oh, <laughs> it's like feeding a gremlin after midnight. Exactly. Evil Berry. Is it midnight you're not supposed to feed them after? Midnight, yep. It's always midnight somewhere. I don't know how they know about the international dateline as oh, gremlins. Man. What if you put them in a plane and just kept whipping them around? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Gremlin Mogwai. Gremlin Mogwai. Yep, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. What happens if you feed them on daylight savings time? Well, there you go. And like, what is after midnight between midnight and 6 a.m.? Or can they not eat brunch because it's technically after midnight? Damn, you're right. It has to say after midnight and before uh, yeah. something. Yeah. Fuck. Thank God these aren't a real problem. (laughs) But if they are, we're here with the tough questions. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We're on the case. (laughs) All right. Well, if you want to try almost anything once, uh, if you've ever wanted to eat pigeon, Portland is also a place you should go. No. There's a place called Les Pigeons. Oh, my God. Guess what they serve? God. Les pigeons. Les pigeons. They serve pigeons. That's mean. Don't eat them. <laughs> Don't eat them. Don't eat them. Is, was, is it meaner to eat pigeons than other birds? Yeah. Pigeons are really smart. They can recognize people based on their faces. And they, they are the most decorated animal of war. Because they are. Because <laughs> Don't eat pigeons. They're war heroes. <laughs> they're war heroes, Liz. They are. And they can... And they're... They're just they're just good friends. Don't eat pigeons. That makes me sad. All right. I probably wouldn't want to go there anyway because the the place that talks about it it sounds like it's not like have a pigeon burger. It's like on the evening I had a delightful dinner there. They were making pigeon with liver toast, grapes and white anchovies. Fuck mm. you. Get that out of there. Just make it just eat it like a little chicken. If you're going to do it, don't tart yeah. it up like a Own Victorian it. whore. Just eat it. Make a little ragu like your yeah, uh, yeah yeah exactly like you're some Dis- Dickensian character yeah yeah no just eat the damn thing have a tiny drumstick and call it a day 
Okay, now Devin, are bug larvae war heroes? Should we be concerned about eating them? Bug larvae can eat a dick. They, I don't want to eat them, but if people want to do that, then people can be stupid all by themselves. <laughs> That's... People want to eat bugs in Portland. They can go to the freaky but true peculiarium. The peculiarium? Yes, the freaky but true peculiarium. Freaky but true, all one word. I hate them. So I kind of want to go because you can have your picture taken getting an alien autopsy. That'd be okay. But, and it's free. Which is cool. Yeah. But you can order a Bug Eater's Delight Sunday, and if you eat it, your photo goes in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I will go into a Hall of Fame for something other than that. Thank you very much. I would rather eat that fucking big-ass Texas donut. That's what I'm going to be known for. I'm not going to be known I'm like, for- What do you mean, would rather? I would anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good girl. Good girl, you know yourself. So, no, when we went to Boo Radley's, last time we took Squiddo there, he got himself a fucking box of crickets, and he was just like, oh, these are great, these are like potato chips, oh, chomp, 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 Devin, eat one. And I'm like, nope, I will do a lot for my kid, I'm not going to eat a fucking cricket. No, Devin, they're awesome, they're great. I don't know why this is my impression of him now, but it is. And I just, like, we had to go around and around about how my no means no. I'm not going to eat a goddamn bug for you. No. Liz, would you ever eat a bug? Like, I wouldn't be opposed to if they could make a veggie burger that incorporated bug protein. I probably would eat it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard about guys using bugs as, uh, they're called micro-livestock. Even? Yeah. And I I suppose I would. I'm not, I'm not opposed to the idea of eating a bug. I don't like eating things when they look like the thing that they are. I don't like eating. I don't want you to bring me a whole rotisserie chicken. I want you to bring me some of the meat that's been carved off. Yeah, well, we're not talking about you, you bug eater. <laughs> we're talking about... <laughs> I don't like sheep's heads where you see the eyes still... I don't want to eat a bug and have it look like a bug. But if you picked off its little wings and its little antenna and its feet, and I was just like, oh, it looks kind of like a Cheerio. You know, it looks like a puffed rice. I'd eat it. Yeah, I could see that. You could just kind of mix it in there. Make a chili with it. Make a chili. I I will not eat grubs. Those are squishy and disgusting. I would rather starve to death. Good to know. Good to know. Might as well Mm. eat refried beans. Fuck that. I'm not doing it. They're on the same level for me, dude. You got a line in the sand. I do. Yeah. All right. I've got one other, and then we're going to talk about a very strange food situation that has emerged because of Oregon's laws. Oh, no. Uh, Is it Donner Party related? No, actually. Do you have a Donner Party story? No, I just was like, maybe they went through there and Oregon had to specifically put on their laws. Like, you have to wait more than 40 days before you can eat a person if you're stranded. <laughs> There's a statute of There's a sta- Exactly. 41 days, though, and you're good to go. Oh, my God. Okay, the next one is not very... It It's food-related. Have you been following the whole Wild Wild Country documentary and all that story about the Rajneeshis? Oh, I want to because it's so on topic for us, but it just looks exhausting to watch. So, no. It's a good documentary. I recommend people just watch it. Although, I will say, because it's one of those that really stays hands-off and lets everybody talk and it doesn't really get around to interviewing a lot of people who are disillusioned with the cult so i think it ends up being a little 
bit more pro-cult than I might like, just yeah. because a lot of the people who are talking are people who are still like, yeah, sad that didn't work out. Yeah. But, okay. so the short version is that Oregon was also, unfortunately, the site of the largest poisoning and bioterror attack in the U.S. Uh, first worst and, uh largest okay so it wasn't hell's gate it wasn't jonestown no so the rajneeshis were followers of um bhagwan shri rajneesh and he started in india and then figured out that if you rip off white people yeah. they tend to have more money they get tons so up to the u.s and they purchased Big Muddy Ranch okay. in Oregon, 64,000 acres, and they started building Utopia because his vision was we were going to build the city. And what was unusual about the Rajneesh is he said, we are materialist spiritualists. So they did not believe they had to be poor. They didn't okay. believe they had to give up sex. They didn't believe they had to give up much. So they worked <laughs> on communal farms. They ended up moving in about 7,000 people, which the town of Antelope up to that point had had about 50. Oh, no. Yeah. So they overwhelmed the whole area. Yeah. They renamed Antelope Rajneesh. They... Uh, bust in 2,000 homeless people to help vote the Rajneeshi into state government. <gasps> no way. And then, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Like, I'm glad they made this documentary because I kept trying to prep it for an episode and I was just like, there's just so many goddamn yeah. moving pieces of this thing. Yeah. And it's really complicated and there's a lot of dissenting stories about what happened. But one thing that did happen is they were trying to figure out how to swing the vote so that they could put more of their cult members in positions of government leadership. Okay. So there's two ways that you can get your votes to win, right? You can have more people vote for you or fewer people vote for the other guy. Yeah. So... In addition to the whole, we're going to bring in tons of homeless people, which is just like, this was not out of the goodness of their hearts. No. Like they were drugging them and their beer rations and sometimes would just like kick them out with no place to go and just like leave them on a bench. But they also did bioterrorism. So they got salmonella and they poisoned 10 salad bars in the area. No way. They put it in water, they put it on produce, they put it in salad dressings, and they put it in salsa bars. No way. Yeah, so 751 people got sick. 45 went to the hospital. Nobody got killed, fortunately. Oh, wow, okay. Like, just because it worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah, not because yeah. salmonella isn't deadly or couldn't yeah. have hit someone with immunocompromisation. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, of the ones that got attacked... Taco Time in the Dells is still open. Dude, I fucking love Taco Time. I miss it. I fucking love Taco Time. I'm like, go to Taco Time. <laughs> yeah, I'd still keep I'd going. Go to that Taco Time. I, I don't care. Yeah, they'd be fine. They'd be, they'll be okay. I'll just get salsa from behind the counter. A lot of them have salsa in packets now. The saddest thing Taco Time ever did was take away their honey mustard, though, because Taco Time they had honey mustard. They had the best honey mustard in the land. Girlfriend, you mix one part honey mustard with one part of their mild salsa, not their pico de gallo, but their mild salsa. And then, actually, what I like to do is put it in one cup so that when you dipped it, it was like a continental divide. Half of your top went in the salsa, the other half went in the honey mustard. You eat that, yeah, and you can go without orgasms for weeks. This will sustain you. It was <laughs> I'm so glad I brought up so time. good. 
and they took away their honey mustard, or at least they did it the ones in Seattle when I was living there. Oh, Tragic. We have a lot of good taco times around here. I like it because they just have like cheap food, and it's one of those places where they're not really polished, you know? Yeah, totally. It's not like the workers have a script. They're just no. like, hey, you want taco or whatnot? Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I sure do. I sure yeah. do. It's not Chipotle. Don't go in there asking for barbacoa mm. or thinking they're going to subway it right in front of you. You get yourself a shitty little crunchy taco. Mm-hmm. But you can get 10 of them for cheap. And man, you're hungry again in an hour, but you're glad you ate them all. So good. It's actually very vegetarian and vegan friendly, too, which is why nice. we end up there a lot. I'm like, it's cheap. It's veggie friendly. They got the tots. Yeah. Stuff. One of the first times Jason and I ordered drive through food together was through a taco time. And I really, really wanted something sweet. And I said, will you get me an order of Crustos? And we sat in that having a little tea to teat for about 30 seconds where he just looked at me ever narrowing his eyes, waiting for me to laugh, <laughs> thinking that Crustos was some kind of a joke. And he still, I, re- I remember to this day him approaching the window and being like, can we get a, a, an order of, of Crustos? And then them being like, yeah. And him still thinking all the way to the very end that I was pranking him because it is a terrible name. It is. Delicious. Order yourself some Crustos, folks. What are crustos? Uh, they're like little fried, uh, they're cinnamon sugar on little fried, not corn chips, like if you could make corn chips, but out of flour and lard. But they're crunchy. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, and then, and then you get, oh man, there's all this like little fat flakes and cinnamon sugar at the bottom of your bag. So you dump it in your mouth like a big old pixie stick. Oh, This sounds very good. Delicious. Oh, my God. All right. So we've talked about some of the magic of Portland, of Oregon, some of the foods that are uniquely grown. Yeah. Oregon, as well as having more breweries than any other city, it has more strip clubs than any other city in the country. Oh, my God. They do, don't they? Yeah. They have so many strip clubs. They have two male strip clubs. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You are hard pressed to find one of those in a state. Right. And why I bring this up in the Eat Weird Oregon episode. Oh, my God. The the (laughs) law. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, my God. I have I have thoughts. The laws on nudity are really relaxed in Oregon. Yeah. Oregon actually says that nudity is free expression. Okay. So it's protected by the First Amendment. <laughs> so some state Supreme Courts are like, no, you don't communicate anything with nudity. It's not protected. <laughs> I do. And I do. <laughs> and Oregon's courts are like, no, it's free expression, which means they're not like restricted to certain neighborhoods. They can set up wherever. Okay. Uh, they are very generous with the laws. You can do full nudity and serve whatever liquor. So this is not wow. like some states where it's like, you know, you can have topless and serve beer or you can go bottomless and serve juice. Yeah. You know? In Portland, you can do full nudity and serve whatever liquor you want as long as you serve food. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so this has made the food scene Within Portland's many, many, many strip clubs, kind of a thing that they compete on. No at this way. Point. 
Yeah, because some of them just do the sure, like, whatever will make you a plate of nachos for $20. Technically, we've done it. But some of them really try to do a good job with it so that you pick their place instead of somewhere else. Oh, my God. So what has happened in a very Portland story, there's two strip clubs next to each other. They share a parking lot. (laughs) One is the Acropolis. Okay. Which I even knew about when I was in Portland. It's famous for its steak. Oh, my God. The other is the world's only vegan strip club. Stop it. (laughs) Nope. They say we put the meat on the pole, not the plate. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So they have a vegan strip club. And it's next to a place that has been there for 35 years that serves steak. steak. Like, the guy who owns it. $7 $7 ribeyes, and he raises some of the cattle himself. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, he is very, very into this steak thing. Yeah. And they are in an intense war. Like, there's <sighs> literally a wall between them. They have put up a literal wall. Oh, my God. To keep people from going from one to the other. They've got hired security. They've been protesting each other. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why? And so the other one is... It would be hilarious what? if they, you know, were friends. Like, that's so funny. Yes. No, I've, I'll, I'll share the story because both of them are kind of bananas in different ways. Yeah. So I actually like the Greek guy better than I like the guy who owns Casa Diablo. Okay, so Excuse you me. like the Acropolis better than like the, the vegetarians. Guy. Okay. Yeah. So he says, for instance, Polizzo says, for five years in the 80s, I was the only one in the kitchen here. I tried to hire people, but they didn't make good food. Now I have cooks and I teach them my recipes. I really want it to be delicious. About 10% of the steak we serve comes from my farm. Our beef is the best because I have land for the cows. And then Zuckel went through the same thing. He said, when we first opened, I was the manager, the cook, bouncer, and the janitor. Gross. And for about two months, I was the DJ, too, after the DJ got his foot cut off. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I would announce the girls and say, give her a big round of applause, and then I'd run back and make a veggie burger for somebody. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yep. So, like, it's a family business. Like, the police, so son works there, too, and everything. Yeah. Uh, Oregon allows two-way contact between customers and dancers. Do they? Yeah. They they changed their laws relatively recently. So, when they started, it was a good relationship. The old Greek guy was like, I like competition. And he was like, all right, you're going to get it. This is good. Yeah. Now it's at the point where the Polizzo's family really hates Casa Diablo because they say that all of their ethics energy goes into the food and that they have a bad reputation, that there's diapers and syringes in the parking lot and, mm. you know, sex is being sold there. Okay. Not just, like, stripping. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to say, like, the girls are having sex for money. Yeah. As well as dancing. God. <laughs> so, he says their club has been a big headache. They're poaching strippers from each other. <laughs> and then the regular guys come with. And then apparently also, like, it's Portland. So, some of the ones that strip at the steakhouse will go over and have lunch at the vegan place. Because totally. they don't eat Because they don't eat meat. Vegan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, they have arguments with each other they both blame each other for any kind of legal trouble that happens or any kind of fight that happens or whatever they're like 
no, this is your fault, your fault, your fault. So the vegan guys say, you know, the Acropolis is the old style, it's dirty, you know, our place is the new place, it's clean and respectable. Yeah. But, uh, the Acropolis says no, quite the opposite. Like, you guys just have the veneer of having your act together. Okay. Then this interview happened. So somebody from Broadly went and talked to both these folks. Yeah. And some of the dancers. And this exchange happens, which I really don't know what to do with. So I present it without comment. Okay. So Zugel, who's the guy who owns the vegan place, says, People say you don't exploit animals, but you exploit women. And my answer to that is humans don't exploit animals. We murder them. We torture and murder and eat them. Exploiting an animal would be like having a poodle, making it pretty, and taking it to a competition to win 50 bucks. You might spend that 50 bucks on a dog toy, or you might spend it on marijuana for yourself. That would be exploitation. But chopping up these creatures while they're still alive, that is murder and torture. And Broadly says, so women are the poodles in this analogy? Yeah, exactly. And his response is, look, I don't cut up women. I don't eat women either. What? I don't- <laughs> That's a denial you didn't have to make. You didn't have to say that. The fact that you've said it makes me worry. What? No. no, no, he definitely is using poodles as the women in this analogy. And either yeah. he was he was in trouble with it. He's like me. He got in trouble with that sentence when it was halfway out of his mouth, but he just soldiered on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I understand, I definitely talked to a lot of vegans, I've been vegetarian, I understand that you certainly can make a lot of arguments about what happens to animals, and certainly I think it's important that we engage critically with commodification of women's bodies. Yeah. I don't think you should necessarily talk about those two things at the same time. No. No. I think maybe they're separate discussions separate discussions and either either way you're making one more than the other and i yes that's not winning anybody to your side nope so here's some customer <sighs> feedback i'll read you three okay blake rouch 33 customer acropolis is a destination spot they're famously farm to strip club table their strippers are a little more seasoned <laughs> good lord <laughs> Nobody can stop conflating the strippers and the food, apparently. No, I guess not. Molly Torbert, 31 customer. The strippers at Casa Diablo are punk rock and grunge, which I like. It's cool and different. I can appreciate a beautiful woman, but their shows with dildos and sex acts are too raunchy for me. Okay. Fair enough, Molly. And Nate, 33. Casa dancers have a higher level of skill and freakiness, and the chicks have a wide knowledge of art. But a crop is, like, historical. Plus, there's a weed dispensary across the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my Hard god. Hard choices. Wow, guys. Hard choices. Wait, there's a weed dispensary. They share a parking lot, Nate, you dipshit. There's a weed dispensary know, across, across the street, the street from, from both. both of them. Yeah. So I don't know. Neither says they have any interest in moving. Okay. The Casa Diablo has opened a second one. He's trying to like franchise this. He's gonna he says he's gonna be the the Colonel Sanders of the vegan strip club world. That is a confusing I- analogy. I know. I'm like, of all the things you could have picked, yeah. you picked fried chicken. Yeah. Like, again, my dude, why again. didn't you say Walmart? Why didn't you right. say right. McDonald's even? Anything that doesn't even have the meat in the name. Yeah, yeah. will be the blue... I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll share the documentary that I found because what? she actually goes to Casa Diablo and it's great because she's got this chick who's just like fully tatted out. Yeah. Giving her a lap dance and she's feeding her vegan nachos and they're both having a blast. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> 
You <laughs> get like, it. That looks really fun. The girl's like, I don't know. I could eat upside down. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah. Good job. That's a good thing to know which direction that sphincter muscle will work in your throat. Right. So I don't have any resolution to the feud between the vegan okay. strip club and the steak serving strip club. I just feel that it's correct that this happened in Portland. Absolutely. It is correct <sighs> and, and right. If anybody has always felt left out and neglected by the fact that either you go to a strip club and you can't have full nudity and contact as well as a steak dinner, you got to go to Oregon. Mm -hmm. And if you're sad that you couldn't have full nudity, contact, and a veggie burger, you go to Casa Diablo in Portland. Well, I think you and I just need to try both. (laughs) Yes. No, you can't go from one right to the other. There's the wall. There's the wall. We'll have to go out onto the street. We'll have to do a walk of shame saying, yes, we came from one. Yes, we're going into another. That's two strip clubs in one day. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, At man. first, when I heard about it, I'm like, "Oh, they're totally doing this for publicity," but they really seem to hate each other. The, well, I, I could see it as a publicity stunt, but I also think it would be way funnier if they were uh, hamming it up. But they had, you know, like those. There's that famous grave where there were two best friends, and one was Catholic and the other was Jewish, or whatever. Oh, yeah. So they have the grave of the two friends where they're. Their mm-hmm. gravestones reach up over the wall and shake hands. Yes. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yes. Maybe someday they'll resolve it all. And yeah. Then everybody will be happy together. That'd be amazing. Yeah, they could have a two strippers, one pole. Yeah. Oh. All right. And just a reminder, everybody, it's it may be touching aloud, but that means with consent. Hell so. yeah, it means with consent. Mm-hmm. Check yourself. These chicks know a lot about art, apparently. Yeah, they know a lot about art. Yeah, or they're seasoned. Either way, don't fuck with them. No, don't. Be respectful. Uh, yeah, that's my story about the weird food in Oregon, specifically. I know it's a lot of Portland, but Portland hey. really has that weird reputation. Plus, I've been there, so... It helps. I like that, that yeah. personal touch, which is good, because apparently I can get a personal touch in Oregon. Yeah, heck yes, you can yeah. enjoy steak at the same time. Yeah, I like it. That's how life was but meant to be. But not at the rail. Again, I, I learned a lot while researching this. You don't bring your food up to the rail. You don't get your greasy fingers on it. Well, but it sounds like one girl was feeding the other nachos, so you can get a private lap dance, perhaps, that has a table nearby. The, listen, the rules are different when you're a high roller. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start small. I'll, I'll learn learn myself up. Yep. That's also where all the $2 bills in the country have gone, because they do that to keep people from being cheap. What? No yeah, way. Yeah, clubs in Portland give you change in $2 bills, apparently. That's funny. Bills. Yep. That's funny. Although you do that to me, and I'm bringing in a whole bag of Sacagawea bucks. That's... Oh, God. We're going to put out somebody's eye. I will. I just... You know... I'm not putting the, I'm not putting my money near their face, Liz. I'm not worried about people's eyes. <laughs> as long as you bring them like a big gulp cup to collect all the change, I think you're good. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hungry now, so I'm going to go eat something. Probably Tillamook cheese will be involved. Okay. Well, I'm horny now, so I'm going to go find a stripper. All right. Have a good time. <laughs> it's not going to be as good as Oregon. Damn it. Free range grass fed strippers. Damn it. All right. I'll just I'll just <laughs> settle for a burger instead then. 
I kept saying not to conflate them, and then I completely did for a joke. Yeah, you did. I'm my own worst enemy. But I'm ching. All right, folks. Well, if you want to keep getting important life updates, like <laughs> on the feud between the vegan strip club and the steak strip club, you're going to find us in various places. We always have good, weird news from the Northwest for you. We do. I was so disappointed that when that cookie dough truck fell over on the interstate, it wasn't around here. Just some people have all the luck. I know. Uh, okay. So let's see. You can definitely follow us and find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to make sure you're getting the latest episodes, then we recommend you subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. I'm going to submit us to Spotify again. I never really heard back. Wow. Why not? Diversifying. I know. (laughs) Procrastinating. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we always like it if you can throw us a review, whether that's on Facebook or Podbean or iTunes, especially if you can say a little bit about what you like. It helps other people find the show. Yep. It helps us get up those charts. Let's see. What did I say? I said rate. I said review. I said subscribe. I said follow us. Yep. And now I say also you can go to the Patreon if you want to get episodes early, if you want to get outtakes, if you want to get behind the scene looks at various things like the book and pictures and maps and all various stuff we're working on Mm -hmm. and then you know also at certain levels we'll send you mail and give you bonuses and all kinds of good stuff and in the meantime the most important thing is that you live weird that you die weird and stay weird i think we gave them a lot of happy episodes on this recording (laughs) (laughs) it was a happy ending would you say (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love you too (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.